Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. I'm so glad you could join us on this Thursday, November 11th, Veterans Day. And a big shout out and thank you to all our veterans out there, whether you're in the Army, uh, Navy, Coast Guard, Air Force, or Marine Corps. We are so grateful for your service. And uh, I know there's been a lot of celebrations going on. There's places like Applebee's giving uh, discounted meals to veterans and probably a lot of other places. You might want to ask them when you go out to eat if you're going out to eat. But uh, so grateful for those who have served. And I'm very grateful today to have a uh, a, a real, uh, what I would call a cultural war- warrior uh, on our program he has done so much, uh, not just for the state of Florida, but uh, in the country. Just uh, he is a, a um, an attorney. He has uh, been very active in the political world. And and you know when we had Wayne Grudem on, the reason we had Wayne Grudem on is because he invited him to come be a part of uh, something they sponsored, where they talked about the Culture Wise Church. And uh, I'm just so excited today to have John Stemberger on. John, welcome to SWAT Radio. Doug, it's great to be with you. Yeah, I'm so thankful for the Florida Family Council, um, you know, the Policy Council and what you guys do. Uh, I told people yesterday that if they've ever gotten a voter guide, more than likely it's either directly from you or the numbers and the people they have on there are because of uh, the surveys you guys have done. Thank you for putting those things together and helping people make informed decisions. It, it, if there's ever a time to be informed, it's right now, isn't it? It is, and I appreciate your encouragement. We've been doing those voter guides for 15 years and try to get the most accurate information so folks can make an intelligent decision based upon the issues, not based upon personality or some uh, some third issue that's really not the purpose all politics has to be about policy and about law and about what's good for the people, right? Yes, sir. And, and I'm so thankful. Uh, and I will tell you, as a former FBI agent, I wasn't a big attorney fan <laughs> just because of the people that, uh, you know, I, I never really liked going into court that much. Uh, I just uh, like doing the going to get the bad guys. But uh, the, I, I've come to appreciate uh, attorneys over the years and what you guys do. And uh, you went to Sanford. I love that school. That's a great place over there, wasn't it? Yes, that's a beautiful campus. It's stunning. It's just uh, it's remarkable. Uh, it's, it's lovely. And if you've ever been to, they have a chapel now that's a monument to church history that's truly remarkable. Mm. Um, it has martyrs, statues of martyrs. It's like a Catholic cathedral, only it's all about the Protestant Reformation, so it's a fascinating uh, place to be in. Well, um, well, you know, uh, John, while we have you on today, and I, I, I so appreciate your time, and I'm thankful to Bennett Brown. He's one of my board members, and I know he's on y'all's board. And I had the privilege of meeting several of your board members. I was really hoping to take you out shooting yesterday, but they said you were wiped out. At, not yesterday. It Was it yesterday? Or is it the day before? It was. It was uh, Tuesday, right? It was Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but you were wiped and had to go back. So I do look forward to maybe taking you out shooting sometime. That's a hobby of mine. 
Absolutely, would love to do that. Yeah. Well, um, I, I heard y'all had a good board meeting, and I thought today for our listeners, one of the things that we could do is kind of talk about what's going on in the political world. Is specifically, I know we got listeners from um, uh, Virginia and Mississippi and out west through the internet, and uh, we we actually have people listening internationally. But I thought, John, since you are so up on things as far as the political scene. Can you give us kind of a, 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 from a spiritual perspective, a state of the union? Like, why is it important for Christians to be involved in politics? Because a lot of people say, well, you know what? We, we don't, we just need to give them Jesus. Just talk about Jesus. We don't need to think about politics. How do you respond to that uh, as somebody who is a strong believer, yet very active in the political world advocating for Christian values? Well, there's two things. Um, first of all, there's the Scripture, which says whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do all things to the glory of God. Uh, and so we can't compartmentalize the world and say, this is the spiritual part of me, and this is the political part of me, and never the twain shall meet. Um, we live all of life to the glory of God, and everything affects everything else. Uh, the world in the secular mind has compartmentalized everything. Even in universities, we're no longer... Uh, Renaissance people and have uh, kind of liberal arts degrees where we study all the sciences and have a little bit of all the knowledge. We specialize in everything. And so the world is, is fascinated with compartmentalization, and that gives a truncated view of reality and life. And so it's important that we do this. The second thing is that the world has made everything political, right? Yes. So you know, the weather's political, COVID's political, science has become political. It's just ridiculous. To say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman has become political. So biology itself, objective reality, has become political. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the Church, because it's ingrained and we don't talk about politics, is now talking about almost nothing in the world because everything's become political. Mm -hmm. And so they shy away. What they really mean is everything's controversial, and so they they lack the courage to, to address clear issues that are in Scripture. What is the nature of what it means to be human? What is the nature of human sexuality? Um, what is the nature of how to solve race relations? Are we made in the image and likeness of God? I mean, all of these issues are addressed in the Scripture clearly, and so we shouldn't shy away from them. We should teach the Scripture and apply it to everyday life and help people understand how to live the Christian life, not compartmentalize it. Because if we don't teach them that, then they'll just assimilate into the world, and that's what's happening. The Church is becoming like the world because the Church is not teaching how to live the Christian life. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about how to dress, how to be modest, what kind of entertainment you should have, uh, how you how you deal with your money. I mean, there's na- issue after issue, how, how God and government deals with each other, about economics. There's all kinds of principles and direct didactic teaching about these issues, but pastors are, are shying away from it because they deem it to be political, uh, per in, controversial, close per in, you know, and therefore the Church is being uh, led astray. Hmm. Um And we can see now that if you abandon government, if you abandon any era of society, I mean, the laws are going to determine whether or not we're going to be a free people, whether the gospel is going to flourish, or whether it's going to be suppressed like it is in China and different places. Hmm. And so there's a direct corresponding relationship between politics and law and policy and culture and the gospel. And when you see those connections, you understand that this does affect the ultimate gospel itself. Hmm. Well, it has... Like when you were growing up, I know you were an Eagle Scout 
And uh, and I know, you, you know, you grew up in the state of Florida. Was faith important, an important part of your upbringing, or was it something that came later in life? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I my father was kind of an agnostic professor um, of electronics at what was then Mary Carl School of Applied Sciences in Daytona Beach, and um, we. Uh, it's funny. My mother became a Christian when. I was the oldest of five kids, so it was kind of a war in our house. She wanted us to read the Bible. He wanted us to read the newspaper, and um, and it was really a conflict between them because he thought it was all nonsense. Um, the the irony of all that is that I do both of those things seamlessly today <laughs> and integrate them together, right? Yes, sir. And so, um, but, uh, yeah, I came kicking and screaming to becoming a Christian in the late 70s, in the early 80s, when it was at a time when Jerry Falwell and Jesse Jackson, Jimmy Carter, and Ronald Reagan were speaking for God, but they were saying opposite things. And as I grew in my faith, I knew I was supposed to be involved with something, with some kind of Christian ministry, but I knew it wasn't in the church. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the difference between a Democrat and a Republican. My first vote was cast for Jimmy Carter in 1980. That shows you where I was back in the day. Um, and so... Yeah, I just didn't know what I was doing. I, I thought Carter was a Christian, so that's good enough for me. Reagan might blow up the world. Nancy's doing astrology. So I had no understanding of how to think about these issues in clear categories. But as I began to study the abortion issue, I suddenly realized that helped me to ground my ideological sense of where the world was at and what was a clear moral imperative. And so I was working for a liberal democratic campaign then, a guy named Reed Hughes. This is... Uh, in Daytona Beach, and um, I was the student body president of Daytona Beach Community College, and suddenly I realized after bringing this gross human injustice to these liberals, they, they I realized I was in the wrong camp, and so that was like, okay, now I understand at least a big issue of where I'm supposed to be. So that was kind of my start in the political world in the early 80s. Hmm. Well, um, John, we're, we're about to go to our first break, and, and what I'd like to do is I'd like to let our listeners know how they can get more involved uh, with you and your ministry. Uh, they can go to www.floridafamily.org. It's actually flfamily.org. That's www.flfamily.org. You can uh, find out they've got good uh, articles there for issues and research, resources that can help. They tell you how you can get involved, where you can donate, uh, you can volunteer, um, and it doesn't matter where you are in the state of Florida. I mean, you can volunteer and help. I know that, John, when we come back, I want to talk about a little bit Operation Panhandle, what y'all did back in 18. I want to talk about how you mobilized for the HRO here in Jacksonville in 17, and, and some of the bills that you guys have helped pass and some that are currently on the docket so our listeners can be aware. And listen, if you're in Virginia and you're in uh, Mississippi or you're listening through the Internet, wherever, uh, just because you're not in Florida doesn't mean you can't listen and learn from these principles and you can't be involved where you are. So I hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by John. John, we're just going to be right back after this first break. Uh, you're listening to SWAT Radio, and I got John Stenberger of the Florida Family Policy Council. Stay tuned with us. We'll be right back after this break. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Just getting you in the, the mood. I've already got neighbors out there who are putting up Christmas lights. And it's not. It's just Veterans Day, which is kind of the earliest I ever remember. John, I don't know if they're doing that down in Orlando, but people already have up Christmas displays. Do they have them up down there yet? Yeah, a couple people are putting them up. Certainly the stores are putting them all up. That's that's clear. They they had them up before even, goodness, before uh, Halloween or something. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was just funny. So I, th- I told Steve, our producer, we're going to start playing some Christmas music, kind of get in the mood. But, hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to uh, John Stenberger. Today is our guest uh, from the Florida Family uh, Council, uh, Policy Council. It's www.flfamily.org. You can go there and get all kinds of information. You can donate. I know a lot of people that donate to this ministry, and and with good reason. They have done some amazing things over the past 15 or so years. And, John, one thing in particular that Bennett had shared with me was this Operation Panhandle Vote. This was back in 18, and... You you got 60, 70 people from across Florida to go over to the panhandle that had been hit by a hurricane. And uh, what Bennett shared with me was it was like a, a, a short-term missions trip, disaster recovery, and yet also helping people vote for positive value candidates and helping them get out to vote. Uh, and he said it it really was a story of a lot of people who contributed and those people over there were blown away that people cared enough to come help them uh, can you share a little bit about that yeah so uh before the election of uh, DeSantis and Rick Scott to US Senate i got a call from the go- from from then the governor's uh, or DeSantis campaign saying bay county's devastated they're not voting they're not doing absentee they're not doing early voting and we're really concerned, can you help us mobilize pastors? So I got Huckabee and the supervisor of elections there to do a conference call. We did everything we could to get pastors on the line. I think we had four people. It was <laughs> pathetic. 
the best church that I know, St. Andrew's up there, where I've preached before, the pastor said, John, this is a disaster area. You don't understand. We're feeding 8,000 people a day. I can't take voter guides. I can't do anything. All I can do is help my people survive. So within 48 hours, I mobilized. I raised a bunch of money. I found a hotel that was on the beach side, which was not affected by the hurricane. We rented, like, a significant portion of the hotel, and we got 75 people to mobilize. And for seven days, we walked precincts. Uh, we got a list of voters who had not voted. Um, it's a very heavily area, very heavily Republican area, and it was critical to the outcome of the election. We walked 26,000 households, all of whom were devastated. Um, every person was offered some water, some help, emergency locations where they could vote, a ride to the polls. They were prayed with. It was a remarkable effort. And uh, it's, it's just hard to even describe. And so, as you know, uh, Rick Scott for U.S. Senate won by only about 10,000 votes. And so very, very close out of 8 million votes cast. And then our governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, won by about 30,000 votes. And so, again, very, very close out of 8 million cast. So um, we feel like that we made some difference and helped participate in that. Uh, election and, and putting some votes into the into the mix that would have been there otherwise. Well, and um, I know um, that over the the past fifteen years, you guys have distributed some eighteen million, eighteen and a half million voter guides, which I know my wife and I have used, and we appreciate that because you know a lot of times you don't have the time to really vet every candidate. Sometimes you don't even know who the candidates are, and some of the ju- the local judge things or the Supreme Court for the state of Florida. And so if it weren't for your voter guides, we would be kind of clueless along with a lot of others. So, again, thank you for that. And, and what do you see going forward as far as 2022? Uh, is there any big election issues coming up? For 2022 for the people of florida well well the biggest thing is next week the governor has called a special session to push back on biden's vaccine mandate and we're doing a huge rally there'll be over a thousand people there this is something folks can engage in right now plan to be in tallahassee at one o'clock in the breezeway between the old and new capital um, we're going to have speakers there huge rally we have over 13 organizations that are mobilizing people about 10 buses are going up from around the state and, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a great time, and then we're going to go into the Capitol and let it be known that we're there and we support this. Uh, what the bill specifically is is a series of exceptions for people that have natural immunity, exceptions for children, exceptions for parents that want to control the medical care of their children. And so this one-size-fits-all, everybody has to be vaccinated, irrespective of what the medical situation is, uh, doesn't make any sense. And so... Uh, we really appreciate the governor's leadership, and so we're going to help him engage in that. And, um, and what's the date on that again? Year. When is that? Yeah, that's next next Tuesday, the 16th, at 1 o'clock p.m. in Tallahassee at the Capitol. A uh, huge rally, can't be missed. It'll be right there in between the old and the new capitals. Okay, so you definitely, if you can, you want to be there. Uh, if, you, if you're listening and you can get, get over there for that, I'm sure the more people that are there, the more it will speak to those people there. You know, talk a little bit about, you know, when I look at y'all's record, uh, John, you've, you know, uh, over the past 15 years, you have helped pass 34 good bills. And when you, when you say good bills, these are bills that are very 
pro-family, pro-Christian values, and you've blocked 127 bad bills. Tell us a little bit about how you can do that. I mean, like what what leverage do you have as a as a policy council? I know you mobilize people. Do you just get people to call their senators or their congressmen, their state people? How do, how do you help do that? Well, first of all, it's all about relationships. And I can tell you right now, one of the leading senators who's one of the leading senators there was to be a volunteer of ours. Mm. I've prayed with people who have gone on to be Speaker of the House. We help recruit candidates. So we're on the ground actually creating the leadership that's there now. We have deep relationships there. Um, and so we're very involved with uh, supporting good candidates, opposing bad candidates. So once you have that kind of relationship, when you help them get there to the dance, then you can say, hey, this is what we think is important, and you have great influence. Um, we also do a scorecard where we grade them based upon their voting habits, and no one likes to get you know, a C or a D or an S uh, unless you know, you're on the other side of the fence and you don't really care. But uh, especially with Republicans, I mean, if somebody gets a bad grade, then they might have a primary opponent. They don't want that. They want to get an A-plus from the conservative Christian group. So that's, um, that's, that's part of how we bring influence to the process. But, yeah, we also mobilize with action alerts to let people know. And, you know, it's, it's really uh, remarkable what 15 people call a member's office, especially if they live in the district. It's huge. I mean, it's huge, and that, and that says a lot. So just those phone calls can make a big difference in how a person is going to vote, especially if they're on the fence with something. Yeah, somebody asked me this one time, and I, I wanted to ask you, since you interact with these people, does it weigh more to get a phone call or an email? Does it register the same? I mean, like a, a letter? Like uh, how what what is weighted for these congressmen, their staffers? Yeah. I mean, what's mo- what's the best right. way for us to communicate with our great our- question that is a great question the best possible thing number one is a phone call because okay. they have to answer the phone it's a voice on the voicemail it's a specific thing and they have to record all of that the email is good because it's quick but it's also silent they can get them they're there in the box they may or may not count them uh, so it's not as good direct mail is great but the problem is it takes so long and everything happens today so quickly and even in the, the u.s congress they have to sort things for anthrax and crazy stuff like that. So mail is very slow nowadays. It's not just snail mail. It's very slow snail mail. Um, you know, there used to be faxes. I don't know if that's something that can be done anymore, uh, but faxes used to be a great way of putting a piece of paper right in front of someone as well. Uh, but I would say phone call first and then, uh, you know, it's probably email second. Mm. That's good. So so phone calls, people, uh, know, know who your congressman, your state congressmen are and your state senators and um, and encourage them to vote against uh, or vote. It, it, actually, they want to vote for this mandate rejection, right? The, the bill is positively to prohibit the mandate in the state of Florida. Is that right? Yeah. So Biden has issued a vaccine mandate, which is going to go into effect at the first of the year. This is a pushback by the state of Florida saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to grant exceptions for people who have conscientious exceptions, people that have medical issues. There's no reason why everybody needs to be vaccinated, especially if you already had COVID. If you have natural immunity, you don't. I mean, if you have shingles, 
most doctors are not going to recommend you get a vaccine for shingles. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're disrupting and inflaming the natural immune system, that robust immunity, the natural immunity that you already have. So you don't pile that on top of each other. And so uh, natural immunity in study after study is much more robust. So that should be, I mean, we ought to have a, we ought to have a passport card in a sense for, for natural immunity, right? Yes. I mean, and not vac- vaccinate on top of that. Well, now this, what they're, when they get together, uh, um, that I saw that they were also trying to get the legislature to use Florida's civil rights act to, to basically declare our health and immunization as a protected class. Um, yeah. Could you, could another, is that the same? Is that what they're doing? Is that the same thing? I don't know if that, I don't know if that specific one is in the bills that are being discussed now, but that's another way of viewing it is that people that have conscientious objections could be a protected class and they can't be discriminated against. That's another way of doing it. And that was a bill idea that was being floated before the special session. Now both houses are getting together with the governor and they're trying to collaborate as to a package of bills and a package of exceptions that both houses can agree on so that it'll pass more easily. Okay. All right. Well, listen, when we come back from the news, we got a break for the news here on the half hour. Um, I would like for you to share how uh, trail life came about <laughs> uh, because I, I mean, I, I have a general idea, but I would like to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, the person that helped start it. And uh, we just happen to have you on today. So I think that'd be great because we've had people from trail life on before talking about what they right. do. And uh Hey, if you want to go to Florida Family Policy Council to their website, it is www.flfamily.org. That's www.flfamily.org. And you can go and click on the Get Involved, and you can donate to help them because the stuff that they're involved with, it costs funding. I mean, it costs money to, to be able to do these things. And I would love to encourage you to... To support them, they're a great organization. John has done a wonderful job in leading them. And when we come back, we're going to hear about Trail Life, something John helped start that is giving a great alternative to the Boy Scouts. And so, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. It is the 11th of November, and we'll be right back with more SWAT Radio after the news. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I have the privilege of having uh, John Stenberger on today from the Florida Family Policy Council, and I'm so thankful 
that we get him to be able to share some of the things and get some insights not only into the Florida Family Policy Council and what's going on in the state of Florida or in, in, in you know being involved in politics as believers to try to help get positive things. You know, I think of John um, when uh, God spoke to his people when they were going into Babylon, and he said, you need to seek the welfare of the people around you. And, and, and for me, that's one, and I remember talking to Wayne Grudem about that and, and just how as believers, we have a responsibility because we live in a pagan place. There's no question about that. You know, America's pagan, but we have a responsibility, um, to, uh, you know, to go and seek the welfare of those around us, to be a light to those people. And, uh, I certainly appreciate what you've done. And one of the ways that you've done that is with trail life. When the Boy Scouts went awry, <laughs> you, you, God put it on your heart, I guess. And I don't know if there were other people involved. I look forward to sharing, but I, I just want to share what one guy said about trail life, he, whose son's involved. This is a former Marine who says, as a Marine, I've camped out many times, but this was the first time I got to go take my two boys out. And they had a blast. I'm glad the program made me focus on being with them for a day, and it's become our man time. And it's about mentoring, and it's about going through with your sons in doing this. And during the pandemic last year, I remember Larry Wagner. I got to know Larry up here, and and he uh, had him on to talk about the National Backyard Campout uh, during the middle of the COVID thing, which was a huge, huge success. And I just think it's a great program. Tell us, how did Trail Life come about? Well, in 2012, um, I'm an Eagle Scout, vigilante member of the Ordinary former assistant scout master. Um, I had two sons in scouting, one Boy Scout, one a Cub Scout, and was really enjoying the experience of having to relive that with my sons. At the same time, the Boy Scouts were undergoing a two-year study on whether or not they should allow the boys to express themselves as open and homosexual and communicate that and express that in various ways. And after a two-year study, which ended in the summer of 2012, they decided that no, they should not. It was an 11-man commission. It was an anonymous commission. And because they were getting a lot of pressure from the culture. Well, at the same time they announced this in 2012, um, in 2013, they had their national convention. And um, basically, they opened up the conversation again because of the pressure, lots of pressure from everybody was throwing rocks at them, you know, basically in the media after it happened. So they basically caved. They were cowards. The, the very person that was asking us to raise our right hand with a scout sign and say a scout is brave lacked the courage to basically stand up for what they believed in and not cave to the cultural bullies. Mm. And so that's the whole reason this thing happened. So I have to form, I formed a national movement called On My Honor, and we got people in all over the country who supported scouting's values, supported the traditional values and the Christian values of scouting, to basically protest. And we were outside of every scout office in the country. We had a big rally outside of the National Convention in, in Texas um, in 2013 in May, and um, we basically pushed back. They wouldn't let me speak there. Mm. Uh, they wouldn't hardly let anyone speak on a different view. Even though the scoutmasters voted by 60% not to make the change, they went ahead and made it anyway. The delegates voted over 60% to make the change. 
the delegates were appointed by the professionals now. So it wasn't like each troop got to vote. Because if they did, it would have never happened. Hmm. So they basically forced a decision on the volunteers that they didn't want. And as a result of that, um, we left. I got on CNN and I said, this is the last time I'll ever wear this uniform again, very sadly. Mm. And, um, and so, so, but what came out of that, even though we lost the battle, was that tens of thousands of people were following us all over the country. And they were saying, what's next? We're done. We're done with scouting. It's, it's over. They've betrayed us. And so from the ashes of that, I began to put denominations together. We had a big meeting in Louisville. I brought a representative from every major denomination, every major pro-family organization, veteran scouts, professional scouts that had left, and we had a coalition, and we came out with the concept of a Christian church-based uh, scouting program that would be Christ-centered, would be better, safer, and more secure than the current scouting program, and, and the ideas of Trail Life was born then. Uh, and so on January 1st, 2014, we launched the organization. Um, we hired a great executive director in Mark Hancock. I'm the, one of the founders and the chairman of the board uh, of the organization. Um, but it's amazing. We have over 900 troops in all 50 states, um, somewhere around 35,000 members now, and, and we just keep growing. It's a remarkable program, and it's just I can't – sometimes I go into these, this room with all these young men, I just have to pinch myself <laughs> – uh, that we did this. It's really remarkable. Well, and I mean, and you get uh, pastors commenting, one pastor commented out of South Carolina that it trail life is a tremendous opportunity to teach biblical manhood in the community. And so I just, uh, uh, again, want to uh, affirm what you're doing there. And I want to let our listeners know they're in all 50 states. Now you can go to www.traillifeusa.com. That's T-R-A-I-L-L-I-F-E-U-S-A dot com. So thank you for that as well, uh, John. I so appreciate uh, you just sharing a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, as we as we move forward, I, I want to talk about some of the other projects you guys are involved in. One of them is, are you all still doing the pro-family days at the Capitol? We are. That's a great opportunity for folks to engage the third week of a legislative session, which rotates between January and February and uh, March and April, depending on, you know, what's going on in a given year. Uh, This year, it's going to be January uh, 24 and 25. That's Monday and Tuesday. We have about 300 people from all over the state. Give them training. We have a nice awards dinner. They have speakers. They're envisioned about how the process works. On Tuesday morning, we have a legislative prayer breakfast where the legislators come, the staff comes. Often the governor will come. The governor DeSantis came last time. Um, we then schedule appointments for folks to go and lobby their legislators and meet them on the key issues that we train them on. And then we have a meeting in the Supreme Court. We have one of the justices actually address you in the Supreme Court. That's a pretty big deal. A lot of people don't get to go into the chambers and actually interact with the justice. Mm. And then we end the meeting in the House of the Senate chamber with a time of prayer and meeting leadership from either the House or the Senate. So it's a great opportunity to be fully engaged and to see with your own eyes how law is made and how the process works and to learn firsthand. It's pro-family days, pro-life, pro-family days. This year's theme is life wins. There's going to be a huge life bill that's going to pass, we believe. Uh, We've heard from the House, the Senate, and the governor's office that all want to do something very significant in the life space. And so uh, we're very pleased about that and looking to make history in light of this Dobbs case that's coming out from the U.S. Supreme Court 
in June as well. Now, can anybody come to that, uh, or do you do, do you have to be invited to come to that, or anybody can go to the website no. and sign up for it? Yep, anybody can sign up and be a part of it. Um, and and uh, we do have capacity issues sometimes when we reach about three hundred, three fifty. Uh, the the room in the civic center that we have only has a certain capacity, so it is first come first serve. But it's a remarkable event. Okay, so I want to let you know about that. You can go to flfamily.org and uh, just click, I think, on Get Involved and go to uh, the events calendar, and you'll see uh, Pro Family Days at the Capitol. And uh, just click on that, and you can get more information and sign up. I wouldn't wait too late if you want to do that. It'd be a neat thing to go to. And are you all still doing it free for uh, students as, as well? Uh, yes, we have scholarships for students and we can scholarship them uh, to come up and be a part of the process. Okay. Uh, and, and listen, if you're out there and maybe you can't go, but you can encourage your pastor or maybe one of the pastors on your staff to go uh, and, and actually sponsor them and just make a donation for them to go to cover the cost, and uh, that'd be a great event for them to go to. Another thing you guys do, John, is called the Patriot Academy. Uh, tell everybody what the Patriot Academy is. The Patriot Academy is a two-and-a-half-day experience in Tallahassee. It's a mock legislative experience where young people go up. They're trained in Christian worldview, in communication, in leadership, in legislative uh, thinking, and how to understand policy and law. It's a very realistic, almost like what a legislator would go through. It's very intense. They sit in the House chamber. Their name is up on the screen. They vote on bills. And if their bill is bad, guess what? It gets voted down. Because <laughs> It's not. It's not every. It's not everybody gets a trophy. If their bill is good, then it's voted up. We give them five principles in which to interpret the bills by, and Rick Green, um, who's uh, been famous, is his, he's the founder of this, along with David Barton, who's on the board, and Nathan Macias. They come from Texas, and they actually are former legislators. They put the event on. We sponsor it and speak and 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 promote it. But it's an amazing time of growth for young people. We constantly ask them one question. What is your purpose in life throughout the whole program? And even if they go through it and they realize politics is not my thing, um, we still want to help them explore their purpose in life. Wow, that that is that is phenomenal. And and is that pretty much just for the people? Like, it, 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 I, I'm assuming that's mostly just Florida students, right? That come to that. It's a southeastern academy. There's five of them around the country, and including the national one in Texas. That's a full week long. Okay. The one in Florida is in the summer in June. If folks get our email alerts at flfamily.org, they can stay abreast of all these things when the notices come out and everything else. Boy, that so was like the main thing folks can do. Well, well that was like we planned that because that was my next question. If people sign up yep. for your alerts, what do they get with that? They learn the alerts is going on, emergency situations, all the events that we're doing, they're invited to, and they're. Uh, we have an exclusively state email, so we're talking about what's going on in Florida. It's very unique. The Patriot Academy is for students ages 16 to 24. And in Texas, it's so realistic, new legislators who are young actually go through the Patriot Academy as a training to actually understand what it's like to be in the legislature itself. Wow. So it's a great opportunity. And we don't hammer the students. Everybody's at a different place, you know, in terms of being younger and more developed in speaking skills. So it's kind of put them in at whatever level they are able to be put in in terms of their skill 
but they're definitely challenged in how to think and how to do leadership, how to think principally, and how to communicate and be winsome and how to make the argument for good public policy and what's the truth. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Sign up for the alerts. You can go to Florida, I mean, flfamily.org. We're going to be back with our last segment with John Stenberger of the Florida Family Policy Council. Uh, stay tuned. we got one more segment with him, and you won't want to miss it. We'll be right back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's uh, Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, and I have John Stemberger from the Florida Family Policy Council. And John, again, so grateful to have you on today and um, just to uh, inspire and instruct our listeners on what's going on and, and how they can be involved with your ministry and you, you brought up a name a while ago we've had on before, David. We've actually had David Barton and his son on in the past. And David is just such a tremendous historian. And uh, he's going to actually be in town next Thursday at 11 a.m. Um, at, uh, at, at Epping Forest Yacht Club giving a presentation here on called the American Restoration Tour. And I wanted to let our listeners know, David Barton, if you ever get a chance to hear him, he's amazing and I know you know him very well, and uh, I just wanted to let our listeners know he is in town next week and uh, would love to have people come out and listen to him. Uh, John, the Florida Capital Project is another project you guys are doing. You'll have so many. Uh, but this is a, a, a something that's fairly recent, and Bennett is really excited about it. Tell us about what's going on with that, the Florida Capital Project. So the old wineskin strategy was talk to the pastors, tell them to get registered people to vote, hand out voter guides, get politically engaged, preach on politics. And just a lot of people are rejecting that kind of old model. What we have done through the help of the family leader in Iowa is a new model 
where we're asking, simply asking pastors to view this not as politics, but as a mission field, mm-hmm. and to come to Tallahassee to meet and to pray with members of the legislature, members of the court, the cabinet, various people in government. And so it's a different way to do it. But what happens is when they get up there, they see the battle that we're in. <laughs> and they go from zero to 100, and they go, oh, my gosh, this is warfare. There's issues up here that we need to be engaged on. How can we be more involved? So the guy who had nothing to do with us uh, comes out of this experience of going to Tallahassee and being briefed and meeting officials and praying for them, realizing we need the church to partner with government more than ever before. And so it's a totally perspective-changing experience for a pastor. And then everyone that's gone through it said, how can I do more? How can we be more involved with this? And so it's a remarkable opportunity, kind of a backdoor way to reach pastors and to help them see what we're talking about in a different light. Well, you know, John, as I'm listening to you talk about um, what y'all are doing with that, um, it, it, you know, you you have a little tagline in y'all's uh, summary called "Shepherds of God's Church in Partnership with Shepherds of God's Government." You know, a lot of people don't view the politicians as shepherds of the government. They view them as corrupt. They view them as people that are out of touch. And you know, I I just think of uh, I was thinking even of the kings of Israel. If you go back and you think about the the leaders of the civil government, you know, back then in Israel, it was all one. There was a civil, it was a ceremonial, it was a religious, all one. And ours is set up different. We have shepherds in the church, but we also have shepherds in the government. Like I was an FBI agent and I viewed myself. And even as a Marine, I viewed myself as a minister of justice in those roles. I was still a shepherd. I just was in a different role than I am now. And, um, I think that's a really important thing for people to understand. What you guys are doing over in Tallahassee is you're, you're partnering the shepherds of the church with the shepherds of the government and helping helping them and encouraging them, praying for them, which is what we should be doing, right? I mean, we should be doing that. Yep, that's right. And the other point that's a real perspective changer for people is they see the government as separate from the people. Uh, And when the Bible talks about obey your governing officials, when you understand that our government is by, of, and for the people, Mm -hmm. we are the ultimate trustees. We are the government. And so uh, we have to take a more active engagement to be the ultimate trustees of this institution, um, and we have to do what's right and oppose what's evil and be more engaged. It's actually disobedience to the form of government that we have to not be engaged. Right when the scripture would say, "Hey, that you're not obeying God's government. You're not obeying the rules because you have to participate in order for our system to work." And so it's a perspective-changing thing that people need to understand that we are the government, right? Yes, so sir. All these scriptures which talk about you know respecting the governing authorities and, and do these things for government. There is some separation. Obviously, we have a representative democracy, but we are the ultimate trustees as the people. Well, hey, I have a, I have kind of a question I've been asked before, and I think it's a good question, John, because I know you're a, you're, you're a constitutionalist, uh, and I know you were even uh, appointed back a few years ago to uh, on the revision commission, um, right for the Florida Constitution, right? Weren't you a part of that? I was, yeah, yeah. So, but that this has to do with our our national constitution, and I. 
people have asked me this and i i i don't know the answer i want to ask you because i have i think i know is the government of the united states our you know our leader is not the president he is one leader but congress is a leader the supreme court functions in a different capacity but ultimately the ultimate authority for the united states government is the constitution isn't it it is that's right so in in a in a democracy uh the law rules the people right yes uh, it's mob rules in in a constitutional republic the law rules the rulers mm-hmm. it's different the constitution says what congress shall make no law in other words congress Keep your cotton-picking hands out of these fundamental rights that are God-given. Mm-hmm. And so it binds the hands of government, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's an act of direct democracy that produces the Constitution, which then binds the hands of the officials themselves. Um, so that is a big difference between the two. Um, people say we have a democracy, we have a republic. Well, it's both. We live in a constitutional republic that operates within the context of a representative democracy. Um, but but it is a constitutional republic first. That is the overarching framework, not a democracy. Um, and so, but when you understand that the fact that the constitution actually rules the rulers, it puts a whole new light on it. And you understand why the courts are trying to evade this because they don't want to be ruled. They don't want limitations. They want everything to be squishy and kind of, you know, Play-Doh rights where they can make things up as they go along, and not static as the document actually is. Yeah, because the more nuanced it is, the more um, the more vague it is, the more abuse that can happen. Correct? That's right. You know, I remember arguing when I was in the Constitutional Revision Commission. I got up on the floor and I almost shocked everyone. I said, "I believe that the Constitution is a living and breathing document," but I said it only lives and breathes through the amendment process. <laughs> That's how it changes, right? Yes. It doesn't breathe through judges who want to make it what it, what they want to make it and use their own values. And so it, there is a place where it's supposed to change, but it's an appropriate change from a constitutional amendment or, or the various ways that we amend the Constitution. Yes, uh, that's so true. Well, listen, I uh, the Florida Family Policy Council is probably the leading voice in our state as far as defending the right to life, uh, marriage values, and, and religious liberty. And I, I'm very thankful for what you guys do. I want to let our listeners know how they can get involved. You guys are constantly looking for volunteers. People can call on phone banks. Uh, you can do research online. You can, uh, if you're listening uh, around the Orlando area or even Jacksonville, doesn't matter, St. Augustine, you can help organize. I know that you guys were very involved when the HRO uh, was trying to come to town. They were trying to come up here in Jacksonville back in 17. You guys were very involved in mobilizing people here to uh, kind of go against that, to exercise their voice to, you know, freedom of speech and say, we don't want this. Uh, so you're always looking for volunteers. And uh, if, if, and I know you're in Jacksonville, some doing things. So go to the website, flfamily.org. And, and you can print out an application uh, and print it out, send it to them, and then they will get in touch with you. But you guys are always looking for volunteers, looking for people that want to help partner with you and funding uh, these things. I mean, to do some of these things like 
I know right now y'all are putting some words out there about the there's a bill about prohibiting abortion on pain capable unborn children, which is a very important bill, a parent bill of rights, uh, a sex education opt in bill, a moment of silence in public schools. All these kind of things are important, and it takes funding and it takes people. And so Florida fam, uh, FLFamily.org is the place to go. And, John, any last words to our audience uh, uh, to how they can get involved any more than I've already shared? Just connect with us. I mean, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You know, we're on – we have a website, Vimeo. You can follow us a number of different ways. You can get text messages from us. Just go online. Check out the website. There's all the ways you can connect with us. And we're just asking people to be active citizens. People can't do what I do and devote their whole lives to this. But when there's elections coming up, when there's something happening in your community, we need to be on guard and be alert and take ownership of your city, of your county, of your state, and your country. Otherwise, somebody else will. Mm. Well, uh, John, uh, thank you for giving us this amount of time today because I know you're extremely busy, and you can blame Bennett for the timing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just blame Bennett but no our prayers go out to you and thank you because I know you have a target on you because of what you do and uh, and we pray for you and your family and I would ask all our listeners as we go out just remember John Stenberger remember the Florida Family Policy Council and the people that work with him lift them up in prayer and uh, just and pray that God would protect them as they continue to protect and defend life, marriage, family, and liberty. Thank you, John, for all that you do. Thank you so much. Take care now. All right. Hey, thank you for listening to uh, SWAT Radio today. If you want to listen to this or any past program, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. You can communicate with us on Facebook at SWAT Radio Talk, Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk, We'll be back tomorrow, me and Taylor. It'll be Anything Goes Friday. Hopefully, we'll have a better selection of Christmas music, I hope. So uh, stay, stay tuned for tomorrow, and we'll see you on SWAT Radio. Have a good evening. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual